Take two. Take two. <laughs> uh, hey, this is take two uh, of episode 13. Unlucky 13. Lucky 13. Uh, Jay, do you have a thought on that? Lucky 13, unlucky 13. You tell me. I think it's lucky number 13, personally. Part of that is uh, whenever the guy who announced the starting lineups when I played at Trevecca, we had a guy who's number 13. And every single time he was like, and lucky number 13, <laughs> Dalton Malden. And that's how he would, every single time, he would say lucky number 13. So I'm probably, it's what I'm used to. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, so we're going to get down to business quickly. We've got a guest on this one, and we're fired up about it once again. Uh, hopefully you guys out there have enjoyed our guest. Man, these have been some of our favorite episodes, uh, having a guest. Um, here's the first question. So we're going to go into something in just a few minutes. Of, of We're calling the Fast Five. Uh, but here's a, a question I'm putting, I'm putting on our guest quick, and it might be tough. Bo, are you ready? I'm ready, brother. Come on. Best number 13 out oh, there in sports. Gosh, man. There, now, best might be uh, – it doesn't have to be best. 13, a number 13 that – you enjoyed man um i'm trying to think through auburn football players nah. that wore 13 um if i could do a three plus a 10 yeah that I'd works put, put two people fair. together Very uh creative. or or uh or, or minus yeah yeah you can do that <laughs> i'm good with that uh while i'm thinking can you can you give me one while i'm thinking yeah i the only 13 that comes to mind is a rod and and yeah. i don't necessarily look up to a rod uh I know that he does this thing called the K Rod Show on uh, ESPN two on uh, Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, Dad brought me home an A Rod jersey one time from New York, and that fired me up. So good shortstop, good third baseman, Alex Rodriguez. That's thirteen that comes to my brain. Jay, what do you think? I A Rod comes to mind. Not an A Rod fan uh, at all. Thirteen that comes to <laughs> mind for me, Kurt Warner. I don't know if you remember Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, 13. Yeah, number, Let's go. Number 13 with the Rams, the greatest show on turf. I was actually at Kurt Warner's Hall of Fame speech in Canton. So I was doing like a road trip with some friends. We were between Cleveland and Cincinnati and Canton when they were doing the Hall of Fame induction. And his was like right before uh, Jerry Jones's, which Jerry Jones's speech was like, just him telling stories for 45 minutes. It was brutal. But we were there when Kurt Warner got inducted, so he's mine. That nice. might be the most random story I've ever heard. <laughs> like, why were you there? Just just road trip? Yeah, so we were – me and some friends are trying to see all 30 ballparks. And so that summer, I think it was 2017, we were doing uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, which if you haven't been to any of those three – Pittsburgh is absolutely beautiful. It's like one of my favorite ballparks I've went to. The other two are at Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Isaiah. It's towards it's towards the bottom of my list. Nothing special. Uh, but when we were between Cleveland and Cincinnati, the Football Hall of Fame's in Canton, Ohio, and uh, we were coming through the day of the Hall of Fame in, uh, induction. So we went. It was like Kurt Warner, Jerry Jones, uh, Jason Taylor, Let's say he was like a DN for the Dolphins nice. for a while. Uh, so we just kind of stumbled upon the Hall of Fame ceremony and hung out there for a while. It was, it was really pretty cool. It's awesome. Uh, that's pretty cool. I'd like to get there one day. Uh, but, yeah, the Reds are terrible. Yeah. yeah. I say, <laughs> the Reds are terrible. <laughs> They're bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, also, Ronald Acuna. Can't believe that one didn't come to my mind just right off the bat. Ronald Acuna, number 13. You're a fake fan. Yeah, I'm a fake fan. Uh, Steve would probably say the same thing. Um, all right, Bo, you got anything? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to do my addition. Yeah, do method, the addition. And I'm going to go with one of my favorite Auburn University 
football players, Carlos Dansby, war number 11, and was, then, was just an absolute yeah. freak of a linebacker. Yeah. Most athletic guy I ever, ever watched okay. in person. I mean, unbelievable. And then, you know, if you're an, if you're an Auburn football player, yeah. an Auburn, Auburn fan, yeah. you know what's coming next. Yeah. And that's number two, Cam Newton. Hmm. I mean, 2010 National Championship quarterback. I don't remember that. Uh, I again, maybe maybe not my favorite Auburn football player, but uh, took us took us to the end there uh, in in Phoenix, Arizona, in 2010. Parker, I'm I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I just I, I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, did they play Oregon that year in the championship? Chip that, Kelly's Oregon. Okay, that's because yeah. that was like the DeAnthony Thomas. Oregon, I think that was whenever they were wearing like the super flashy, big, big like time flash neon. Yeah, yeah, I remember Cam Newton was so fun to watch in college. Man, he was insane, and uh, we finally figured he could run the football about game three of that season, and everybody was like, "Oh, we yep. might be pretty good." Yeah, turned yep. out we were. Yep, yep, that happened, um, and I don't like to remember <laughs> it. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, heck, man, this is gonna be fun. Uh, well, hey, so you, you you've noticed already, guys. Uh, we've got a guest, and it is Bo Morrissey. Uh, we're really pumped. Uh, Jay and I are super pumped to have him on the episode tonight. So what we're going to do real quick, we're going to ask him five questions. You guys can get to know him a little bit. Then he'll introduce himself a little bit more formally, um, and then we'll kind of dive right in. Uh, and then we've got some fun towards the end of the episode as well. We might, uh, just might be talking more Auburn football. Um, so we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll let it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, hey, all right. We're gonna we're gonna fast fire five questions might might turn into seven. Uh, Bring <laughs> we're it. not really sure yet. Uh, so here's the first one. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Out of seven days, how many of those seven days are you wearing a hat? Uh, seven. At some point in the day. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right now. Got a hat on. Wearing a hat. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Wouldn't make wouldn't make my grandmother proud. Wore it to church this morning. Yeah. You you got a go to hat? Uh, I have a hat that I only wear in the house. So you got a house hat. I have a house hat. You got a house hat. I, I have a I house hat. I have, I, a ha- I have a hat that I, does not leave my house. I okay. only wear it while I'm in the house. This is 1B. Favorite hat brand? Oh, man. Richardson makes great hats. I love their hats. Uh, love yeah, a flat their bill. Ha- their hats. Um, yeah. Yeah. Richardson probably. Yeah. All right. Good, good choice. So se- seven out of seven. Uh, wearing a seven hat. Seven out of seven for sure. All right. Here we go. Question number two. Favorite burger in Nashville? Mm, all right. Burger Up, you, uh, I think they still do, makes a barbecue bacon cheddar burger. And that's those are the things I like on my burger. And that one, hands down, is my favorite with a little side of sweet potato fries. Talk to me. Yeah. You can talk to me with that one, too. I, I, I can't do the sweet potato fries. Sweet potato is just... I can't get on board with it. What, is I it can't. soggy? Is it crispy? Or does it matter? I, I, it just... It, I don't. It's distracting, I guess. It's just like I'm eating it. I'm like, this. This is supposed to be a fry, you know. But it's it's sweet. I don't know. I just, I can't get on board with it. Do you load your fries up with like tons of ketchup? And no, you just no. I just straight fry. Go for the straight fry. My favorite though, the pharmacy burger um, on the east side of Nashville, farm burger with tots and a little bit of cheese on the side for the tots that's that's my burger go-to i can get behind yeah. that I'm, I'm gonna answer mine now too jack brown's mm. over in germantown i believe behind the sound stadium kind of the new one um they've got this burger called the greg brady it's got mac and cheese and barbecue potato chips on it 
and it is unbelievable. Sounds remarkably terrible. Uh, it is the best burger in Nashville. Uh, you know, obviously, objective truth that I just stated. Um, I think you might. No, I won't say that. I won't say that. Uh, but it, it is it is a great burger. Uh, and then also like their fry sauce. I mean, it's just terrific. So um, I'm not saying Bo's wrong, but you but, know. but you are. So well, you know. A chip on a burger gives it, a nice crunch. It does. A it's crisp. A, it's just, yeah. yeah I, could, I, could, I could get behind that. Something unique. Um, good. I think I think we've settled that one. That, that one's good. Uh, Disney movie. Favorite. Uh, is it new era or old era? Yeah, what, whatever it? you think. Um, let's go. Um, man, I'm a, I'm a, I've watched a lot of them with my, with my girls. Uh, I'm going with, um, I'm going with Maui. Uh, what's what's the name of the Maui movie where where it's uh oh man it's the one in Hawaii is it Moana Moana oh, thank you man one. I good couldn't one. think of the name uh, uh, that one has Maui's a good the character I've heard. Moana yeah Moana's yeah. the name of the movie Maui's the name of the character that the Rock plays okay uh man I love that movie I've never seen it I've had isn't it like the the big soundtracks like the ones everyone sings to it's Moana and is it Encanto Encanto man yeah, that's the one where they don't talk about Bruno. You don't, don't ever. Ne- never. Never do it. Never talk about Bruno. That's what I thought. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, I'm yeah. in a house of all girls, man, so I watch a lot of, of the, the girl side I, Disney movies. Yeah. I thought I thought that would be a good good question for you. Moana. Moana. There we go. Uh, question number four. What is your least favorite type of pasta? Oh, man. Um, Who came up with these questions? Yeah. <laughs> least favorite type of pasta? Yeah. I, I I literally could eat any type of pasta. So this is going to be a tough one for me. Yeah. But I'd say anything. It's if it's stuffed, not a fan. Interesting. I don't like it when it's stuffed with things. So I don't like want ravioli. Like, I don't want some type of weird cheese coming out of <laughs> of my pasta when I'm eating it. Yeah. So what about cheese on the pasta? For it, I, I'm for yeah. it. <laughs> totally for it. Can't Just can't be some pocket of cheese when I bite into it. I I, I don't want to do that. I'm not in. That's not what I thought you were going to be headed towards. That's, that's awesome. I feel solid that's about my answer. I'm not, good, I, I really feel good about it. That's good. That's I feel like you, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, all right. I think, um, no, here's another question. Um, that's good. Man, I'm going to remember that for a long time. <laughs> that's very good. Um, if you could be sponsored by any brand, what brand would that be? Like you could choose it. What would you want to be sponsored by? You're talking about like you know the Nikes, Adidas, oh, yeah. of the world. Well, but it could be, I mean, yeah, hunting, whatever. Right. Yeah, it yeah. could be Richardson if you want the hat. Yeah, man, that'd be sweet. It would be sweet. Uh, get your own hat brand. Yeah, love that. Uh, in the fly fishing world, uh, probably Scott fly rods uh, would be pretty awesome. They make an incredible fly rod. Uh, that would be pretty sweet. Is that what you use? Uh, I, the- no, and I've, I've, I've used a brand Moonshine fly rods, which are incredible. They're amazing. Um, but I'd probably go Scott fly rods, uh, in, in the athletic world, uh, to me, Nike always made the best soccer kits. So that was what I was after, man. They, they always had the, the freshest, newest uniforms, the, the way they designed them. And, uh, I loved, I loved Nike's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, that would probably be what I would go with. Nike's stuff is just sharp. Like it is. even like the, whenever they've taken over the baseball uniforms, like I didn't know what I thought at first, but it's just like the city connect uniforms and everything. They just look sweet. Yeah. Their cleats are always just on point. Like, yeah. I love their cleats. That's, that's a good choice. 
All right, here we go. I don't. Are we on five? Are we on number five? I, I don't even know We're what. Close. I think this is number five. <laughs> what is your favorite color, and uh, why? Yeah, it's definitely blue. Blue. Yeah. Why? Uh, I have no reason. Uh, I think it's just always the been my favorite. Shade of blue. Uh, a, a, not a light blue like a North Carolina, like UNC, uh, but more of kind of like your standard. Ro- would it be a royal blue? That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. like a yeah. like a nice standard royal blue. Good. I think a lot of the sports teams I grew up play like I was on. Yep. That seemed always to be the color. And so I, I, that's definitely it. Yeah. Yep, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think I think um, color tells a lot about a person's character. Yeah, and I'm not going to try to analyze it. I was going to say, well, what, what <laughs> do you have for me? I, I got nothing. I, <laughs> Go ahead and break that down for me, partner. Yeah, well, I think royal blue means you know. No, I have no idea. Uh, here's the last question. This is number six or seven. I lost count. Steve. Uh, yeah, Steve, can you count us? I, I actually think this might be seven. Um, favorite podcast that you've ever been a guest on. For me, yeah, uh, it's got to be Field of Faith. That's what I said. I mean, there's, uh, yeah. you know, as someone who's uh, been on several. M- multiple podcasts, I uh, mean, this several this, handfuls. This one is going in a really classy direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. What I know from these guys is they're they're pretty neat, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's good. I, I'm just glad to hear it's going in a classy direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I'm like that? Not 100 percent sure what that means, but me I'm, either. <laughs> I'm I'm totally I'm totally here for it. Uh, well, Bo, thanks for thanks for answering those questions. Uh, just so you guys know, too, Bo had he had zero idea about those questions going into it. So uh, we just bombarded him with five or seven or two, however many it was. Uh, so Bo, thanks for being on, uh, before we go any further, do you want to just share a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, about your family, just so the guests yeah. you know, are able to know a little bit more about you? Yeah, sure. Uh, currently in my 18th year, uh, working in education, um, teaching, uh, and then on the admin side as well. Um, been a fly fishing guide for the last six years, uh, coached for, Let's see, since 2002, I took my first coaching job. So what's that, 21 years going on coaching? Um, grew up all – I'm kind of like a southern nomad. I've grown up South Carolina, Alabama. To, now I'm doing some time in Tennessee. I'm trying to see how it feels. It feels pretty good so far. Uh, and good. then uh, dad currently lives in Georgia. So feel like I've got a little piece of Georgia in me. Did a couple of years in North Carolina. Uh, so uh, just grew, kind of grew up all over. Um, but uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean – uh, got an older sister uh, who's two years older than me. He also lives here in town, so we get the cousins together. It's good to have family nearby. And uh, married a little girl from Chattanooga. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, where'd you go to college? Parker, I went to Auburn University. Hmm. Wonder what that was like. <laughs> it's the best four years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, these two are sitting across from each other, and I can just feel the tension <laughs> sitting in between them. Yep. Sanford Bulldogs are coming to town and think again this year. Hey, <laughs> let's go. So, so funny story. We'll just say this and then we'll we'll dive in. My sophomore or junior year, I was working with the Sanford football team. Oh, well, I worked freshman through junior year, but I can't remember what year we went to Auburn. Bo Nix was, you know, sophomore. Uh, it, it, y'all had some great players. And we go, and it's a rainy, rainy day. It's one of those buy games from Auburn. Yeah. You know, they, they buy Sanford. I don't know. We made a million bucks or whatever. Right. And you go in there, and and me and my buddy that were working and recruiting, we got the free trip. You know, we got the 
you know, the food, we got the bus ride, we got the locker room, you know, we got to do everything. Like we were part of the team. That was kind of our um, reward, or if you will, our present for working and recruiting all year because we didn't get to travel with the team. So we go and it's a miserable rainy game. And then Auburn <laughs> ends up putting like 50 uh, up on us. And we didn't score. It was like 50 to zero. You know, we got all these walk-ons playing <laughs> Sanford, you know. Um, so, but hey, Sanford, we can put up a fight. Um, yeah, San- Sanford versus Auburn. I think in the near future, you guys are going down. What do you think? I mean, in the state of Auburn football where it sits right now, no one really knows the answer to that. <laughs> it might just happen. <laughs> it might just happen. Well, heck. Uh, man, we're excited to to have you on here today. Um, excited for people to hear just about you and your story, and 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 not just so much, you know, Jay and I back up off the mics, but really um, hear from somebody other than us, I guess, at the same time um, about how sports have you know uh, affected your life and faith in that, and just where you're at. And um, we we want to start doing this almost. I don't want to call it this series on like these testimonials from people. Um, but then again, we do want to back off the mic and just let people learn from people like you. You know, Jay and I look up to you. I've learned from you. This is only my first year teaching here, uh, but I know you taught my brother. Uh, you've been around him. And so hearing all these things and now being here as a, as a coworker with you, it's, it's pretty sweet. You know, I know Jay would echo the same thing. So, man, we're, we're grateful to have you here with us on the podcast. Uh, what, I want to learn from you tonight, and I know that I will. Um, so, man, Jay, where do you want us to take this? Do you, do you just want Bo to start sharing? Do you want to ask a question? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's start off, uh, Bo. Just just share your story. You yeah. know, tell us about your walk with Christ, where it started, um, and then where you're at now. Yeah. So, like I said, Southern Nomad. Um, I went to eight schools in twelve years. So my dad uh, was in the baking industry, and about every couple of years, he'd get moved to a different plant, different state. And uh, I mean, that kind of it. It really made me have to become very comfortable with getting to know people, making new friends, um, those kind of things growing up. And so that was a huge impact of just my life growing up was just uh, the constantly moving. And, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty decently outgoing person, and I feel like that played a big part in shaping me in that way. Uh, but grew up in the church. Um, uh, dad was grew up Catholic. Mom grew up Presbyterian, so naturally we went became Episcopalian. Uh, you know, right in the middle there. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so grew up in the church going, uh, where, wherever we were, whatever state we were living in. Um, and they, we were there on Sundays. They, we were there on Wednesday nights. I was there on at youth group, uh, just a, a staple of, of who we were and, and what we were doing. And I'd say it probably wasn't until about 10th grade until the seeds kind of really felt like, Hey, this faith is turning into something that's not my parents' mm-hmm. faith. It's not my family's faith anymore. Uh, this feels I'm taking ownership over this thing. And um, I think when when I got to Lexington High School in South Carolina, my tenth grade year, that's really where I felt more comfortable in who I was and who God had made me. Um, and a big part of that was the way sports had molded and shaped me, and spending that time in church, just trying to learn and take in things and, and take in things. But then I had opportunity to to really um, become a part of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, cool. and Young Life. And those played huge roles in uh, in shaping and molding me in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a lot like you guys. I can – Coach Cagle, I can remember Coach Cagle from, from high school and as the FCA director and just the impact he had on me and uh, the conversations we had. Uh, and so, you know, those, those moments and being a part of those organizations is kind of what really kind of jump-started me and moved me forward in my faith to where it – it wasn't just now a family thing; it was now my own. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So just for those people listening out there, and, and Jan, I know what you're talking about. What do you think it means for your faith to become your own? You know, something that, I mean, that was for yeah. me. You know, you leave a place like this yeah. now in our community. It's a little bit smaller um, in terms of Bible Belt. You know, you grew up in the church, all of that. I think probably similar similar uh, ways mm-hmm. that we grew up. Well, what do you mean by that, just yeah. for those people listening out there? Yeah, I think, I think it turned from one of these things where I have some head knowledge. Like, I've got some... I know I know what this is. I know about that. I've heard those stories. Uh, to now, um, hey, I truly I'm, I'm diving in. I'm all in. This is this is who God made me to be. I know Jesus is uh, is His Son. I know He died on the cross for my sins. Uh, these are the things that I want to be the forefront of who I'm becoming as a man. And these are going to be the forefront of my in my life of, of a daily walk. What that looks like. And I didn't really start doing that until tenth grade. Uh, I, I, I could I could speak the language. I could talk to you about being a Christian and what that was like, uh, but it didn't really click uh, for me to really kind of dive all in until that moment. Until until I started, uh, until I moved to South Carolina and was like, okay, this is who I am. God has made me to glorify Him in all things I do, and uh, I think I think that's really kind of where the the shift happened. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love how you point out too, like you could you could speak the language. You yeah. know, or, or you knew you knew the lingo, and and I feel like I identif- identify with that. I'm not from, yeah, I didn't go to CPA, but but grew up in like a small town area too. It grew up in church, and just you know, I would include it in the Bible Belt, where you, a lot of people you just you grow up going to church, and you know, you know the language, right? You know, and it that's all that's that is difficult in a way where you do kind of have to you do like reach a point in your life where. Um, it's like how you said, like this, this faith is starting to become my own, you know, and you're starting to realize I'm made for God's glory, you know, and I'm, I'm made with a purpose for a purpose individually. Uh, that's awesome. You said you spent what, was it eight, eight schools in 12 years? Eight schools, 12 years. Was it? Okay. So with moving around that often, what did fellow, what did community and fellowship look like for you growing up yeah so so great question um neighborhood we, we always my parents always did a great job of finding a neighborhood we i wasn't ever i wasn't ever in an isolated like house that was kind of on like a side road where there's no other houses around uh everywhere we landed i had other kids around so i i wasn't i didn't i didn't really enjoy being inside i was always outside as soon as 8 a.m 8 a.m hit i was out the door trying to come back at dark you know uh, and to me, that was making making friends and finding that community uh, from from a childhood standpoint through high school. Uh, that was a big part of my upbringing, just being a part, being able to live near others. Uh, but sports played a massive role in that. Um, being a part of soccer teams and baseball teams growing up, uh, those were that is where I found community the fastest. So I was a decent soccer player. So. You know, people enjoyed when I was on their team. Uh, it, it made you know it was it was a nice. I was able to kind of make friends decently easily just through sports. Uh, so that also was a massive way of just transitioning from a different school, a different state, and moving into a new community. Uh, because if you're playing travel soccer or travel baseball or whatever, you know you spend a lot of time with those people. Spend a lot of time with their parents. You know, their your family spend a lot of time together. And so uh, that that was always a part and a piece of it too, was just uh, whatever travel soccer team I was playing on. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, so I guess transitioning from there, talking about soccer and sports and just a few of those things. Um, how did you see those sports or, or, or maybe um, did you see those play any part of um, – <laughs> on this journey of faith or did you see any intersection or I don't know, you know, what about sports, you know, did you think, uh, I don't even what I'm trying to ask. Just, yeah. did you see an intersection? I've got an, faith ins- I've got an answer for you. Man. Yeah. Uh, in high school, it did not mesh well for me. Okay. Um, my faith was there and I've had a really hard time transitioning who I was and what I believed to my competitiveness. Mm. Uh, that those two for a couple of years there just did not go well together. I uh, had a really hard time keeping my temper, keeping my, um, you know, the words that were coming out of my mouth, uh, keep, keeping a hold of my tongue. Those things, that was a massive struggle for me uh, at the beginning part of my faith journey of who I was. I knew who I wanted to be. I knew who God had made me, but I, could, I, I really had a hard time with that intersection with sports and uh, it's showing in that world, in that realm. Yeah, that was a, that was a hard, hard part for me growing up. Yeah. What, what do you think? Like with it being a difficult spot and a difficult place, because I I agree and I relate one hundred percent. Like whenever you're in the midst of competition, like I really struggled keeping my ten- temper, you know, holding mm. holding my tongue, watching what I was saying, and it it's difficult. What a what about sports? Do you feel like makes that difficult as a believer? Man, that's man, that's such a great question. I mean, it is so it is so hard. Uh, you know, we we working with middle schoolers. We see our, and and Parker, you with uh, with, mm-hmm. with high school kids. I mean, we see how fast, uh, especially our young men. They they don't like they're not running things through their brain filter. You know, they're just they think it and <laughs> spit it out. Uh, I'm 40 and I'm still I'm still trying to learn that. Like I'm still mm-hmm. struggling with that. Like yeah. I need to think Us through too. before this flies out <laughs> of my mouth. Uh, you know how how I how I'm a dad to my girls, how I speak to my wife. Like I've got to, I've got to, I've got to think through these things before, before I say them. And uh, man, sports, it's really hard to do that uh, because when, when the, the competitiveness wants to come out and ooze out of you and uh, everything you're doing is you're putting that energy towards that uh, and, and thinking that the ultimate goal and the only thing out there is a win, uh, man, like, I, I I couldn't control my I couldn't control my tongue. I had a hard time with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was a, it, it it formed itself in a couple of different things. It it really wasn't lashing out at teammates, but it was uh, it was frustration with myself or frustration with the officials. Yeah, like that was those were my two kind of Achilles heels. Yeah, um, would I'd, I'd be I'd be mad at myself and I'd I'd it boil over and me speaking speaking to the official. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's something that we we all struggle with. We even talked about last week's episode. How do we handle defeat that is in our competitive nature? How do we handle that, uh, you know, scripturally and biblically? Dude, that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's super super hard. Um, man, here's a here's a funny thing I actually saw this week relating to that. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw this out there. Uh, a New Jersey law has just been passed, like th- for in their athletics, for a parent or a coach or anybody that that complains or you know competitive nature gets to them. And, and they complain at umpiring. Did y'all see this? Mm-mm. Now they have to, if they do that, uh, volunteer at least three games to umpire until they can come back as a fan. Pretty unique. Oh I know that's off topic, but it, yeah. it, it's just 
what I'm trying to say at the end of the day is this. It's so easy for us to just kind of spit. And you know what I mean? Sure. And it just gets so too. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling with that yeah. day by day. You know, this competitive nature. I know, Jay, we, we've talked about that a lot too. Yeah, and I think it's it's equally as toxic or, or what I've experienced. Like, yes, our like overflow and of our competitive nature can like kind of impact others in a negative way, whether it be stuff that we say to an official or an umpire or, or teammates or whatever. Um, but two, it just like, it can be toxic for yourself too. For sure. Just like stuff that you're telling yourself if, if you're in a, if you're in a big game or big moment and you know, whatever it is, you, you feel like you've lost a game for the, t- or even if you truly haven't lost a game, cause that's usually not how it works. But if at the end of it, you're like, man, I, you know, gave up two runs and I walked three guys, you know, you're just down on yourself and like negative self-talk can spiral oh man big time like so quick and then start to go from just like man i played bad to then get to a spot of like isolation and like self-hatred where it's just toxic you know so it's like the enemy uses it to impact like other people and ourselves equally yeah you know it's god god built me as like a a natural encourager like that comes very very natural to me is is to encourage and give give others that encouragement spread that but man like when it comes to it yeah doing that to myself oh man i'm not good at that yeah yeah and I, the, I love the the law man like yeah. just think how much cool just trying to teach empathy yeah i mean that's really what and that's, i got i think that's where they're is. after right that's i mean they're, what it is. they're just trying to teach the empathy to yeah. what yeah you know umpires officials refs yeah. are, are dealing with yeah it's pretty neat um so hey, let me transition here and ask you ask you this: How'd you end up, you know, from where you grew up, eight different places, or well, rather, schools, twelve different schools? You say eight eight schools again in twelve years. Yep. So a lot of schools, a lot of different moving around. Um, how'd you end up where you went to college? You know, what you know, why'd you end up doing what you wanted to do? Really get yeah. us to where we're at right now. So what got us there, Parker? You know this: When you live in the state of Alabama, you're forced to choose. Yeah. Uh, and in second grade, I moved to Hoover, Alabama. Yeah, I worked at the high school back in college. At Hoover High. I did. Attended ninth grade at Hoover High in 1997. <laughs> uh, Go Bucks. That's right. <laughs> Go Buccaneers. Uh, so uh, so second grade, uh, I moved to Alabama, and, you know, I didn't know much about Auburn, Alabama. I was, you know, what, nine? I mean, so get there, and, I mean, it's very clear. You've got to make a decision here. And the guys in the neighborhood I hung out with were Auburn fans. And so I was like, all right, this I think this is for me. And uh, then I moved back there in eighth and ninth grade and just continued to have that, like, yes, Auburn, this is – finally I have a team. This is my sports team. And my sister went there. She's two years older than me. Uh, when we moved back to South Carolina, she still ended up going to Auburn. And I was like, I've got to find a way to convince my parents that this is the right path for me as well. Uh, Out-of-state tuition, we got to figure this thing out. And uh, just was blessed to have the chance to go to Auburn, yeah. Yeah, living in Clemson, like I'm living in South Carolina as long as I, I had. I mean, it's South Carolina, Clemson territory, so uh, you know I didn't really have to to mess with all that. I had I had buddies on both sides of that rivalry, um, but but Auburn has kind of always been my team. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, uh, so in tenth grade, you said that's kind of whenever you really felt like your faith became your own and God really started to work and really started to move your life. Then we did, you made the choice, the choice yep. in Alabama. You chose to go to Auburn. That's right. So <laughs> you're in college, you're, you're a tiger. What did it look like for you in college living out your faith? Yeah, so freshman year I struggled. Hmm. Um, I'm, 
I didn't I didn't get a um I didn't get a, a, a private school red shirt. So my birthday's in September and uh I was seventeen when I went to Auburn. And so my freshman year I was still really young. Mm-hmm. Uh really immature. Like looking back on it like no business being in being living living by myself probably and, and being in college. But um, you know, had the chance to to get there and freshman year I had I'd been in leadership roles with FCA and with Young Life and doing all this, and it kind of felt like, oh, okay, you know, now I can take a step back. Mm -hmm. And I took a step back, you know, trying to figure out, is this who I really want to be? And, you know, going through the journey of uh, learning from poor choices and decisions. Uh, And then, you know, like a lot of guys who are my age, who are 40, growing up in the early 2000s, uh, John Eldridge, Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. that that kind of whole book and what it brought to just um, kind of being a man. Um, I finally connected with a big, a great group of guys that were all believers, all from most of them from Memphis, and um, that just really helped me. Uh, I finally had a, a core group of guys that were like, oh, "Hey, we're doing life like you're trying to do life." Mm-hmm. And once I had those relationships, awesome. uh, things really started to kind of get right back on track where they needed to be by sophomore yeah. year. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, if you, it's it's too hard to do in isolation. It's oh, too hard do to do it. by yourself. You can't. Do uh, it. It's not. We're not built like that. No, no. Hey, Jay, we've mentioned this several times, but we read a book, you know, a while back, and um, called "Life Together" by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh yeah. You know, you, you, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Sounds like you are. Um, just that that idea of man, we we were meant to do life together. Uh, we we were born to not live in isolation, but in community, uh, and we're always better that way. And so finding that's so important. I know in college too, that first year, it's almost that, that's probably the hardest thing to do. You know, even for me that went to a small school, about fifty three hundred kids. Uh, you know, that was hard to find. And now you're at a school it's so yeah. big. Um, well, here's the deal: I wasn't plugged in anything. Yeah, I mean, freshman year, I had no. I, I didn't have I, I was the one thing I was on was a part of the men's club soccer team. Yeah, yeah. but that wasn't it was, wasn't a group of guys that was really trying to live the same lifestyle that I was trying to live. Sure. And um, you know, here I am. That was my only connection to really any kind of group. Mm. And you know, I was just there trying to figure things out. And it wasn't it wasn't really till sophomore year that I found a, yeah. a, a group of guys that were yeah. like, "Hey, man, we're doing the same thing you're doing." I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. I want in with you guys. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Um, you know, th- this question probably comes from my heart of teaching some senior guys right now. Mm. Um, what, what, what's some advice you'd say, you know, just from, I know it's your, your years past and I'm more recent, Jay's more recent. Uh, but I know we've been learning the same lessons that you learned, you know, yeah. and, and it uh, sounds like I just made you super, super old. Uh, hey. but Bo looks 18, you know, I, still I, with a beard. That's right. <laughs> uh, so what are some things that you learned there that, that, you know, would be beneficial. Yeah, for, for I think, uh, man, for, for me, it would be no, like you, you deep down know who you are. Like, you know who you are. Uh, even, even at 17, 18, you, you know what, you know how, how God's made you, you know, the strengths you have inside of you. And don't, don't let that waffle at all. When you're just transitioning to a new place, new school, new anything, be real, have confidence in how God's made you and, and who you've been been able to be the last two, three years as you've been growing up as a high school kid. Um, man, have confidence in that. Uh, make decisions for yourself. Um, you know, th- don't let the people around you, uh, you know, make the decisions for you. You make decisions for yourself. 
when it comes to where you're going on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in college and what you're doing and who you're hanging out with. Like you, you have the ability to make those choices. And I think that was just something that I had to learn the hard way uh, until I felt like, you know what? No, that's not, that's not who I am. This is who I am. Um, and I think for, for guys going into the summer after their graduation, getting ready for college, man, that's, that's hard to do when you get boots on the ground first, second, third week of school. It's hard to do. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's difficult. It, it is really difficult, that transition. And I love how you just say, like, be confident. Be confident in your voice and who God's created yeah. you to be. You know, it's when it, whenever you leave home, wherever home might be, and, and you go to a new place and you get in a, in a new group, like, there's so many voices, yeah. especially when you're new, that at times you just feel like your own voice is getting drowned drowned out. Exactly. You know, and and you just you hear the voices of 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 others, which is why it's so refreshing whenever you hear voices yeah. that are like, Hey, we're trying to do the same thing as yeah. you. Like you were talking about yeah. that that crew that you met. Yeah. Like it's it's so refreshing when you hear the voices that are all of a sudden backing you right. and encouraging you and, you know, supporting you, lifting you up. And that's, and that's what we're made for. Yep. You know, we um, talked a, a few episodes ago, like we are, our purpose is to glorify God. You know, not, it, it gets really easy to try to please man yeah. when you're in a new spot. Right. You know, transition to a new school, being on a, you know, being on a team, yeah. being on a team is a hard dynamic. Right. It's a really hard dynamic, you know, but it's in those places it gets easy it gets tempting to try to please man but it's really important to be confident in your voice and to surround yourself with voices that support your right. voice everything's uncomfortable this is a brand new place so a lot of doubt loves to creep in mm. and uh enemy's really good at that yeah. at, at putting that in your way especially freshman year and when you're in a new surrounding don't you don't really know what you don't know yet yeah yeah, and I mean, I mean, say this too for for those out there that are almost in college or like these things happen here too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, man, what an encouragement this is for. I mean, I need you know, I'm learning here uh, as well. Hey, let me ask you this: uh, You mentioned earlier, um, you know, you're in education. You know, that's how we know each other um, from your walk at Auburn. You know, finding those guys. You know, really being involved in what you were involved with. What got you? really into ministry i call this ministry even though it's education really where we're at is ministry mm. uh what got you there you know is there any anything that that you'd say to that yeah so i grew i grew up in a family of educators sure. uh like a lot of edu- it feels like there's a lot of educators that are like that um grandmother aunt mom dad had an educational degree but didn't ever didn't ever use it sisters in education uh so this was very normal um being a teacher i knew i knew Early on, junior, senior year of high school, this is what I was going to do. I uh, wanted to be a teacher, wanted to coach potentially, wanted to do those things. Um, but being able, you know, working 12 years in public school, um, you know, really the, the only kind of realm there where you can uh, really kind of talk to, talk to kids in a spiritual way is through ministries like FCA, like Young Life, those kind of platforms uh, otherwise, it can't really can't really be a part of your daily process in school. Uh, and then once we got called to to Franklin and Nashville, um, and uh, my buddy Stephen Ross, who played football at Auburn University, uh, but was a CPA alumni, he's like, "Hey, man, you need to go to CPA. You need to go check it out." And 
um, came here, interviewed for a, a history job. And um, next thing I know, I was like, man, this place is different. This place has got something cooking and something special about it. And uh, I think I want to be a part of it. Um, and so uh, having the opportunity to be here where we can be very, it's very clear. Of, I, I don't have to, I don't have to waver any of who I am. Like I don't have to think about, oh, I can't say that anymore. Uh, like you have to in public school, or I can't really have that conversation right now. Uh, but letting that be the lifeblood of who I am and it just come out in conversation is an unbelievable uh, privilege. Uh, and and I'm, I'm so blessed to be here. I'm very glad that the Lord called me here at CPA, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an amazing place. And, like, I, I just – the way the, – the things that we're even able to talk about, you know, after – I've never taught in a public school. I student taught. But, like – I know even just in student teaching, like there were things you kind of had to, because there's some situations you get in and you just can't help but kind of speak into. Right. You know, and, and we are really lucky to be in a place where we're uh, able to do that. You said you coached yeah. at uh, what high school? Auburn High School. At Auburn High School. Auburn High School. And you've done some. In Auburn, Alabama. Where? Auburn, Alabama. Say that one more time. <laughs> The planes, all around. This is getting pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, so you've done some coaching, uh, and you talked about how, like, as a player, you know how how God used sports to kind of reveal to you His character. On the flip side of that, now, like, how as a coach, like you you coached at Auburn High School, you just came from from coaching your daughter's soccer game earlier yeah. today, like. How has God revealed his nature, his character to you now through coaching, being yeah. on the other side of it? Uh, at, at first, it was a train wreck. I mean, just a straight-up train wreck. Uh, I, was, I was 22, 23, trying to, trying to coach 17- and 18-year-olds at a, varsity, at a high-level varsity soccer, soccer program, and I had no idea how to manage them. I had no idea how to speak to them. Uh, first game I ever coached, we had two red cards, uh, three <laughs> yellows. Uh, it was, it was an, I was like, this is like, this is awful. I'm going to hear that <laughs> <Yes>. later. <laughs> I was like, this will probably be the last game I ever coach here. Wow. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I still battled a lot of the same things I battled as a player. Um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm decently witty and, um, love to, love to kind of get a last word in, especially with officials. And I struggled with that, especially early on as a coach. Um, where I just felt like I was uh, always was a little bit smarter than who the official was and didn't treat him well and didn't treat my players. Uh, I led my p- players poorly uh, with, with leading them that way. Um, there's a lot of things I wish I could go back and change um, from my, my, probably my first seven, eight years of coaching. Um, we won a lot of games. I mean, we had a lot of success. We did really well. I mean, won a state championship in, in Alabama, but like I, I I didn't I didn't really like if and now that I'm I've had the the ability to have perspective and look back on some of those years, man, there's some, some great some things I'd really like to love to go back and t- say to my players or go back and and how I uh, handled myself on a sideline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't do it well to start with, uh, to the point where I was like, I don't want to coach anymore because I'm not I'm not sure I can control like I'm I'm not sure I have the ability to to do like control my like this is just too much for me I need to be okay with that and I felt like I was like okay I don't when I move up to Nashville I don't want to coach yeah um 
but you know where they put me golf I was like I didn't have to say it you're not even allowed to, <laughs> you you're not even really allowed to talk. talk to your players while they're playing so it was like oh, this is perfect was, that's <laughs> funny um so uh yeah that's but funny. you know now now I'm able to my daughter's you know 10 uh they're starting to to get mm. better and better each and every game and it's things are starting to click and um I'm very cognizant of the old wounds that I've that I've put on my players or referees and um, just trying to to really kind of keep that at yeah. a level that I don't That's ever cool. want to kind of bubble back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, we're always, always learning. Heck, um, I'm in that spot right now where, you, you know, where you were 22, 23 years old and yeah. you're coaching guys. Now I'm lucky enough to be with the middle school guys. They're a little bit younger, but I'm in the classroom with 17, 18 year old guys. You know, it's not super easy. Uh, yeah. So I'm learning right there with you. Um, it's pathetic though that you'd even consider Auburn High School after Auburn University. It's wow. it's crazy, wow. man. Well, hey, look, you know, <laughs> uh, married a little girl down there from Auburn. Did uh, you really? She was, awesome. she was, uh, she was there. So I was, she was a couple years younger than me. So I had to stick around. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I needed you got to do what you got to do. That's right. Good for you. That's right. Good for you. Uh, hey, well, let's close with this last question. You mentioned earlier, um, asking you a question about a brand that you'd want to be sponsored yeah. by. You mentioned fly fishing. Yeah. Uh, Jay yeah. and I know that you enjoy fly fishing. We know that that's Man. a part of who you are and what you do and really a, a amazing platform for you. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe not so much coaching now, uh, but teaching. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you'd consider that coaching, uh, maybe to a degree, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, talk to us about that and some things that just, you know, that you enjoy through that and some, you know, maybe lessons that you've learned through it or teaching or coaching and, and just take it where you go. Uh, because we haven't had a fly fisher on here yet. Uh, so we want to learn from you. So talk Man. to us. So my sophomore year college roommate was already an avid diehard fly fisherman. And he knew like, I'm getting a degree and I'm going to start a guide business and I'm going to go guiding and he's still doing it. He's after it. And he's awesome. Unbelievable awesome. guy. Uh, Andy Lee, grassroots guiding. Um, but he's down in the Everglades chasing tarpon and snook and redfish and all, all on fly rods. Amazing. But he, so he taught me how to cast. He taught me, uh, taught me how to fish. He taught me how to how to use fly rod, and just continued to kind of get a little better and a little better and a little better at it. And then after my first year of teaching, uh, I was engaged. We weren't married yet, and I'm like, what am I gonna do all summer for three months? Like, I mean, Molly, my wife was supposed to go to to Europe with her sister for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, what am I? Gonna, I have nothing to do. And so uh, he called my my college roommate called me up and said, hey, you want to come to Colorado for the summer? and you know be a ranch hand at this four-star fly fishing ranch i was like yeah totally want to do that so i mean school got out the next day i flew to colorado and uh me and three guys tore down 65 year old barbed wire fence at 9,000 foot elevation for nine hours a day and replaced it and ran barbed wire fence uh searching for elk sheds in the middle of aspen groves uh just an absolute gorgeous gorgeous southwest colorado and uh i mean it stays light there till like 11 o'clock at night and so we'd get done at five and we'd go fish our brains out for four or five more hours. So I really kind of got my fly fishing chops those three months and then flew back in. I, my, my plane got in at one thirty in the morning and I had a faculty meeting at seven and the oh next my. day. <laughs> and, uh, I just remember how like just shell shocked and a little bit of culture shock I had, but, um, I knew I wa always wanted to be a guide. Always had the question. I felt, always felt like it was, God was kind of telling me like, Hey, you, you're going to start, you're going to do this at some point. I kind of always kind of felt that. And even when I was leaving Auburn, I kind of had that feeling. I was like, man, I really want to love to start a guide business. I'd love to start taking people and spending time with them on the water. Uh, and so when we moved here, uh, you know, just talking with Molly about it, I was like, man, I, th I really feel like I'm led to do that. I feel like this needs to be. And she's like, go for it. And so 
here we are six years later, um, you know, taking 60, 70 trips a year, uh, just taking, spending time four to, four to eight hours a day with people on the water. Uh, you really get to know them and you get to, you get to laugh, man. There's, there's just a lot of good times. Uh, there's no better place in the world than to connect with the God, with, with God than just in his nature and with solitude and quietness around you. Uh, and r- the rhythm of a fly rod, like there's just something that's very, oh man, it just brings, it brings peace to me. Uh, it's good for my soul, but it's also a place where, man, you just, I, I hear him. I hear, I hear his voice. That's where that when I'm struggling and I'm on the struggle bus and I need help, man, like I, I'm, I probably haven't been, I haven't been on the water probably in a while. Yeah. So man, fly fishing is, uh, it's, it's like my medicine, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's cool how refreshing and how much of a reset just creation can be. Yeah. Just nature, you know, and just seeing God in that. What's the name of your fly fishing business? Franklin Fly Fishing Company. Franklin Fly Fishing yeah. Company. You got any hats? Uh, I did. I'm out. Guess what when brand you, I used? Richards. That's right, baby. When you're back in stock, let me know. I'm not <laughs> I joking. I got you. I need one. I got one. you guys a couple for sure. I need one. Yeah. No, uh, hey, when we get gear. We'll hook you up. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, I'll say this: a uh, little uh, summer, summer something to look forward to for the for the fans listening out there. Uh, say the fans; it's like we're they're fanning. Like I don't know, maybe just I'll rather use listeners. The listeners out there, um, yeah, Jay, you and I are not celebrities, uh, but for the listeners out there, we're considering getting some uh, some good stuff. I like that. We'll leave it. We'll leave it pretty uh, pretty blank. Uh, at, smart. At, yeah, very vague. Yeah. Very vague. Very, smart. Very vague. Very smart. Uh, well, heck, hey, I said that was the last question. Let me ask one more. What's um, a way that you would see maybe the intersection of sports, maybe fishing, um, coaching, faith? What would you say? Do you, do you see an intersection? And, and then after that, I guess we'll, we'll kind of close. Oh, man, I think it's a natural platform. Uh, just speaking uh, for young people, it's a natural platform for uh, to be poured into by a mentor. Um, and I, I just, th- you know, I think there's so many of my close dear friends that can point to one coach or one person in the sports, in the sports realm that had a massive impact on who they are today. Uh, and so, man, there, there is no, like, it is an unbelievable platform. I mean, it's endless. Uh, the, the, the chance, the opportunity you have to spend with kids outside of school doing something that they are in- crazy passionate about. Uh, man, that is how, man, that, that there's connection there. there there's soul work being done. Uh, so there's, there's 100% uh, a connection between coaching and, and faith and being able to pour into guys. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for sharing that. And really just thank you for sharing your story. You yeah. know, that's, um, we talk about it just, you know, stories, stories are meant to be shared um, and they're encouraging. Yeah. So just thank you for, for taking the time on here to share your story and speak into just what a platform sports can be too from, yeah. from experience and to what you're experiencing now. Um, that's awesome. I kind of want to transition now into some sports talk, something, Let's go. something that I know has, well, I know it's been going on because you've told me it's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I, I don't know. Soccer re- relegation. Let's go. Come on. Is happening right now. It's happening, Jay. So I'm going to need you to explain it again. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Soccer soccer what? Yeah. Relegation. I don't know how you spell it. Uh, But it's... Steve. uh, Steve, (laughs) can you... (laughs) uh, Help. Uh, But will you just explain 
the relegation process in sure. soccer. I'd love to. Let me let me say one thing. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Yeah. I thought that's all I'll say. That's Ted, it. Ted hey, Lasso. Goldfish. Ten seconds. Ted, Ted ten Lasso. Ten second memory. I know what the <laughs> crap you're talking about because Ted Lasso. That's right. That's so, right. But enlighten us. Well, so here's the here's the deal. You can call soccer or football or whatever you want to call it, and people give it all kinds of names, and they don't understand it. They don't understand ties. They don't understand draws. Why? Like, why can't y'all just have a winner already? Like, you hear all those things growing up playing soccer, but they have built the best system uh, as far as creating um, opportunities for small markets to become big markets. So, uh, take the English Premier League for a second. Uh, there's there's five major tiers, okay, five major tiers. And uh, you've got 20 teams in the top league. Well, here's the deal. When they play 38 games, the bottom three teams in that top division in the English Premier League, they get relegated to the second tier. And so now all of a sudden they're not in the show anymore because they didn't play well enough. And so the top three teams or top two teams from the second, second tier now move up. And the other the the next four are in a playoff for that third spot to get back into the show, and so you've there's no tanking. You can't tank in the English Premier League. You're not looking for a draft pick. There's you, there, you have to play well up until game 38, or you're not going to be there anymore. I mean, like what else is there to play for? I mean, these these guys are literally playing for their lives to stay in uh, the top division, and so you've got this system built where. You've got first league, second league, third league, fourth league, and this is happening all the way down, all the way till if you guys, you know, Wrexham and what Ryan Reynolds has done uh, with that team, which is almost really in like a sixth tier. Uh, and now that, you know, he's gone over there, bought a team, and now they're getting promoted back into the fifth tier. So they're moving up. Uh, and so, I mean, what a, what a cool way to for sports. Like think about baseball. If you had if you had this with the majors, AAA, AA, and single A. That it would be awesome. Like the the Oakland Athletics playing till the end to stay out of Triple A, and then you get some, you know, the Richmond Flying Squirrels right. all of a sudden get promoted to the big leagues. It'd be awesome. I can guarantee you the Gwinnett Stripers would would be in there. Triple A would be playing with the big dogs. They totally would. <laughs> like think <laughs> game so cool, game one hundred and twenty three now has a purpose for yeah. that team. Yeah, you know that they 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 better show up and play. Otherwise, they're gonna be Triple A next year. And so that's what I love about that. So, right, I mean, you've got in the English Premier League right now, with about three or four games left, you've got five teams that are literally like fighting for their life mm -hmm. to try to stay up. And so uh, they do a point system where you get three points for a win, one point for a tie. And so you just literally are just trying to accumulate as many points as you can. And those teams, the last three with the worst point total, they're, they're donezo. And the last game of the year, they play every game at the exact same time. So you've got 10 games all at 11 a.m. So nobody has an advantage. Nobody has a disadvantage. Everybody's playing that last game that year knowing if they need a – you can't, you can't go in and say, oh, well, we only need to tie this. You know, if we only oh, get one point, awesome. you know, then we stay up. Well, they won't know that. They gotta, they gotta, they've got to play for the win that last game, which is super cool. All right. This, I'll be honest with you. This is making me more intrigued than soccer. Yeah. We've had some fans try to again, – fans again, listeners – try to encourage us to watch the NHL, and we, we can't buy it. We just, we're not buying it. <laughs> you have officially convinced me to pay attention. Now, I don't know about the MLS, but the English Premier League is very interesting. 
Would yeah. You, would, would, how do? How would you compare it again? Now, not a soccer fan, English Premier Premier League to the MLS. They're not on the same plane. Not even close. No. Or, no. Well, are they? Again, I'm playing devil's advocate. Are they? And really, just ask questions. Like same professional. Like that's our. Is, that's America, or rather, like where we live. That's the highest level. Right. Is that the highest level over there in? For England, in England, but then you've got La but Liga, way you've got the Bundesliga, you've got all the, every country, all big, all the big countries in Europe have their own league of these. Yeah, and so uh, that's the other thing about the English Premier League: the top four teams now they they get a spot to play the other top four teams from the other clubs yeah. in the in Europe and play in this massive club tournament that so happens cool, every man. couple of years. Yeah, it's awesome. That's it. it it does really make me want to watch like that last eleven o'clock. I, I know. Well, that just, it's chaos. That sounds wild. It's to me. chaos. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter how small your market is at this point because you still have, like, you know, uh, Chattanooga could have a Major League Baseball team. Uh, what do they have? What is it, double A they have in Chattanooga? Chattanooga Lookout. The Lookout. So now all of a sudden, if they somebody poured some money in there and they started to get really good and they, they drafted well and got prospects, man, now all of a sudden we see teams start rising up. It'd be a cool it'd be cool to see. That's the cool thing about English Premier League is that you have every team has the opportunity to move up or move down every year. So you every single year you better show up cuz you got something to fight for. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd, we we need to follow that a little bit more. Uh, I wish I really wish baseball had it or really just more American sports. I w- I wish we had that. I think that would solve the tanking issue. Well, the the other big the big thing that people don't like is there's no like playoffs. Yeah. There's not a playoff in the English Premier. It's 38 games. And if you have the most points, you're the champion. Yeah. So there's not like a semifinal and a final, which is what we love to do here in the US. Yeah. Uh they they're not going to have that. It's who who so every game matters, all 38. Really the tournament is to stay in the like stay in the show. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> that would almost be just as fun as like an actual playoff. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know that it was just regular season champ. That's it. Regular season, you you win it. But that's like the overall champion. That's cool. Yeah. And it's all point system. So you said three for a win, zero, uh, one for a tie, no for a loss. Yep. No points. Yep. That's awesome. So you're just trying to – draws and wins, man. You're getting points. You're accumulating points. Accumulating points. Just try to keep getting points. There you go. And Wrexham, Wrexham's making it. And hey, they, they, they got promoted. They earned promotion. They had their celebration. So here we are. They're moving up in the world, man. Did you see that uh, you know, Gareth Bale is one of the premier goal scorers the last 10, 15 years in soccer? I mean, he had to come out and make a public statement because somebody put like, like put a jersey on him using AI with a, that had Wrexham, and they're like, well, are, you know, and started getting asked all these questions. They're like, are you, are you going to join Re- – are you coming out of retirement to play for Wrexham? I mean, this is a guy who could still probably play in the first tier of the English Premier League and still score probably 10, 15 goals, <laughs> and he's getting asked if he's going to join a fifth division team. You know, like that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> but right. that's, that's – I mean, that's how much momentum – Wrexham and what Ryan Reels and that guy's done to, to kind of uh, – they've, they've built a brand there for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, now let's let's talk a little bit about – you guys listening have probably sensed uh, some tension. If you haven't felt the tension, I have. <laughs> uh, we've got an Auburn fan. We've got an Alabama fan, uh, which kind of leads to a perfect question that we're going to talk about today. Uh what do you guys think the best sports rivalries are? Because there's there's a ton. Like I feel like this discussion could go on for for a while. Uh, what's everyone's? Uh, we'll just I'll start with one, then we'll go around top top rivalry in sports. I would say the top one for me. I'm going Army Navy. 
I had that on my list. I, I'm going Army Navy. I just think there's so much tradition, and you know it's a good rivalry. If like, I they're not can sometimes they're really good, but every now and then you have like two six and five teams where millions of people are tuning in yeah. to watch. So if if that's the case, pretty big rivalry. And just whenever we went on the tour, oh yeah, like at the Naval Academy and stuff, and just you can tell that, they want to beat Army for sure. Like at everything the so pageantry Army. of that game i mean like oh, all yeah. the build-up and you know the uh servicemen on the field marching beforehand yeah i mean army stealing navy's goat i mean like we got all this stuff going on man it's it's pretty that's cool pretty rivalry cool. Yeah. yeah yeah that's pretty cool uh i think we mentioned that the other day for we asked this question when we were talking about the masters which was uh what's a tradition like that is like unlike any other and yeah. that was one of them too just tradition yeah. pretty sweet um i'll say this one uh ohio state versus michigan you know, I don't, yeah. I don't, that to me, I know it's Big Ten. I'm an SEC fan. Um, but that being a Big Ten, huge rivalry, you know, even so far to mark out the M's on all of campus. It, don't yeah. they do that? Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, it's, it's a sin, you know, to, to <laughs> even say or have an M, which is so funny. Uh, they hate each other, hard competition, it, it, good recruiting, you know. Ohio State should always win, and I'm looking at the past several years, and this is football pretty specific. Now, I think basketball – you can tell me more, Jay, about basketball. Maybe not as much, but more yeah. football. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great rivalry. 100%. It's a terrific rivalry. I mean, the big house – you've got – you've got the big house, 108,000 people or it's whatever unbelievable. It is. It's cold. Oh, yeah. It's freezing when they play. Yeah, and typically it's got big implication, you know. Yeah. Winner, you know, wins the Big Ten yeah. or winner, you know, I don't know, has some playoff implication. Yeah, now. if they were both like three and eight – like or three and nine, yeah. It wouldn't be, a, no. I mean, but it's tough. always, you know, I don't know, going into it, what ten and one or yep. eleven and zero, oh, yeah. And I think it's game twelve. Yeah, I think it's, it's game yeah. twelve because it's rivalry week, yeah. which is what. Third, yeah, I'd be curious to see how many years in a row the winner has gone on to to the play. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for winner of that game. Bigger. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think it's a good one. Yeah. What do you think? What do you got? I mean, I gotta say, we got. I mean, my first one's gonna jump off and be Auburn, Alabama. I yeah. mean, there is nothing Figured better in sports. Yeah. I mean, have you, how many how many Iron Bowls have you seen in person? I've been to one or two, yeah. uh, not as many as you'd think. Um, I definitely have been to one, uh, but I can't remember if I've been to two. I think I probably would have remembered. So I'll, I think one. I've never seen anyone in Tuscaloosa. Okay, I'd love to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Not right now. <laughs> yeah, it might get messy. Yeah, but uh, I'd love to. I'd love to see one in Tuscaloosa yeah. at yeah. some point. Um, yeah, but man, like it's. You really don't understand Auburn, Alabama, unless I feel like you, you kind of have to have done some time in the state yeah. of Alabama, like live there a little bit to kind of really get a grasp of like yeah. really what it's all about. I mean, you got, got yeah. people poisoning trees. I mean, you got all kinds of things <laughs> happening. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's wacky. You do. You do. It, it, the thing that I love about our rivalry is that you don't know what you're ever going to get. You, don't, you never know what you're going to get. Bama coming in two years ago should have smoked Auburn. Yeah. Bryce Young. Corey Brooks ended up making that amazing catch in the end zone. But what was it, 26, 22, four overtime? Yep. And it, and it should have been Bama by 30. I mean, honestly, yeah. it should have been Bama by 30. And you never know what you're going to get. Even that year, 2010, you know, the, exactly. the comeback. That's right. Um, my grandfather and I were watching it together. So, typically, my birthday is over that Iron Bowl weekend. I told a story about it last week. I was smashing my retainer case when Chris Davis <laughs> took the kickback. Uh, it's one of those replays that I still don't watch. Uh, I do not watch that replay if they start playing it. Uh, but my grandfather, 2010, I'm at their house uh, for Thanksgiving. It's always around Thanksgiving, you right. know, on that Saturday after. And um, 
uh, my grandfather's like, I'm done. You know, he's an Auburn guy. He's yeah. an Auburn guy. He's like, yeah. I'm done. I'm going to my shop. You know, so he goes yeah. to the garage, does some work. He puts it on the radio. It's like, huh, mm-hmm. you know, huh. It comes back inside, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ended up winning. So, uh, but the thing I love about it too is that it stretches through all the sports. 100%. You know, even gymnastics. Yep. You know, uh, I don't know much more about golf with them, but I'm sure there's obviously rivalry. But I do know that it goes baseball, basketball for sure. You know, home and definitely home. Definitely now, too. Uh, I definitely mean, now both, too. Both, both programs competing. are in yeah. really so, good shape. Iron yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Jay? I would say, uh, I'm going to go my next one is one that I, I've seen in person, and it was kind of opened my eyes to how cutthroat it is, Red Sox-Yankees. Oh, yeah. Like, it's got to be up there. I didn't realize how you hear about it, but uh, me and the same group of guys that I said went on that road trip, like Phoenix to Cleveland to Cincinnati, uh, I think the next summer it was we went up to Boston, and we did a Sunday night baseball game at Fenway. Red Sox Yankees the Red Sox actually won on a walk-off that night but I mean the Yankees pitchers in the bullpen were just like I felt bad for them like the (laughs) things that were being yelled like we almost saw several fights in the stands just for like just because people wearing like a Jeter shirt or something I mean it was absolutely insane Yankees Red Sox but if you haven't been like you need to go it is awesome. and Fenway Park is really really cool. So Yankees Red Sox my my number 2. Do you think it's more more violent in Boston? I feel like it would have to be Me for too. sure. Yeah. Cuz Yankee Stadium, I've never seen a game there. I've toured it. It's much more spread out. Like at Fenway is tight. Mm-hmm. Like it looks big, but like the the seats are close together. Like you walk to get to your seat, everything is like close. And those people, they love their sports. Yeah, they do, man. I mean, they Big they time. they love they love their Red Sox. Uh, I've I've never seen it in New York, but I feel like Boston. It's it's got to be a little Boston. more intense. That's good. Yeah, uh, I've got. I'll say two. One is one that I enjoy watching, and it's it's a newer rivalry in, in Major League Baseball. And this is not you know one that everybody's going to say, oh, that's an amazing one. But I think Braves Mets is actually becoming yeah. a big one. Uh, especially coming from a Braves guy, Braves fan. Um, last year, Mets, Braves, you know, it was like three games up, you know, one game down to two games up to, you know, game or half a game down. Uh, and then ended up Braves sweeping them, the Mets in the end of the year uh, to really to take the division. Uh, so I think that's a, becoming a good rivalry, especially with how much Mets have money and, you know, it's mm-hmm. just becoming a good competition. Uh, but that's more for, for, for me, maybe not so much for everybody. Here's another one. Might be on your list, Duke UNC. It's on there. Uh, definitely good rivalry. Uh, it, it, I would say mostly for basketball. For sure. Know. I think football, it's fine, but the football is not great. Um, I think it, it's been fine. I think UNC's on the up and up. Got a great quarterback. Cool. I mean, what's be what's taking, the attendance at a Duke North yeah, Carolina heck, football game? I don't know. I mean, are they breaking 50? I don't know. I think in 50,000 not. What do you think? No. no. There's no way. Yeah. But a basketball game, man. They might get 50 there. <laughs> they're going to get as many as they can, <laughs> right. you know. Uh, at least fans outside yeah. the stadium. I mean, you know, I don't even know how much uh, Cameron Indoor fits, or uh, but not that much. So, n- grow, I was, I was, you know, growing up in the 90s, Duke, North Carolina basketball, Bobby Hurley, Eric Montross, Grant Hill. Like, you had all these incredible players in yeah. both of those programs. 
And man, I was just like glued to the television every time they played. No, man, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And every year, again, it's one of those games that's got some implications, you know, for the most part. Now, this year, UNC had a down year, uh, but great rivalry. Yep. Great rivalry. Which blue, by the way, is better? It's it's not I don't I'm not a fan of the North Carolina blue man. I know you mentioned you're a royal blue guy. I like I like I like so the royal the blue. blue. Yeah, I think I would take that. I think I would take that color. Okay, yeah. I'll take the light blue the, every day yeah. of the week and yeah. on Sundays. I I got I got the light blue all day. I love you loving it. I love the light blue. I want to edge it whenever it's mixed with that navy. Navy. I just you put I a little black like outline around that royal blue. It just pops a little bit, man. It's sharp looking, man. Yeah, royal blue. I mean. Royal blue isn't bad, but if I had to pick, I'm yeah, going. Yeah. I'm going baby blue for sure. All right. Uh, I don't yeah. know if this is a rivalry or not. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me. Yeah. But yep. uh, Tiger versus the field in golf. I like it. Uh, I, did, I was gonna say Phil, but like that wasn't like he dominated. Yeah. I like this. So one. just just the idea of Tiger in his heyday versus the field at, yeah. in, in any major. Yeah. Name the major. Yeah. Like I. There was was there any more compelling television? Yeah, no. Than that, I would have been eager to see back in Tiger's prime, which was what what years would you consider his prime? Oh man, like early two thousand. That's maybe? what I was when did, Like he went on a he major went, run where he from two thousand to two thousand two, or, he, three, or I mean, even more than that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I'm thinking early two thousand for sure. I'm I'm actually curious uh, what the odds would have been, you know, in a in a major, you know, Tiger versus the field. I bet they would have been remarkably mysteriously in Tiger's favor. Yeah. You know, which is so incredible that it would have been like he was easily the one that would have won it. Yep. You know? Pretty crazy. That's, what's what's his toe? Is it twenty one? How many majors do you have? Is oh, it 19, 21? Jay, you can Something find in there. this for us real quick. The other um, one I want to mention. Yeah. Talk I gotta to I gotta I gotta throw a soccer one in there. Yeah. Yo, I, w- I was hoping but it would. El Clasico. Have we heard about this? I El Clasico talking about <laughs> Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is. I mean, it's got the name for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it is just a staple. Yeah. Of the two biggest Spanish soccer teams, yeah. with yeah. are loaded financially, have so much money, and they f- always find a way to have the top goal scorers in the world playing yeah. in that game. That's awesome. So you've got the best of the best, uh, most talented guys always seem to find a way in that yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm again. I don't know much about soccer. But the England League, the English, English Premier, Premier League, League. Yeah. Arsenal yeah. versus Manchester United. Is Manchester that, United, is absolutely. That the, are those the, are those is that a rivalry? Uh, the, so you've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, kind of the Tottenham, all kind of right in there. And then now Eric Holland, Man City, Man City is now on a tear. Uh, and so you've got all you've got those kind of like the big six. Yeah, I've got a buddy, huge Arsenal fan. So reason I. But no, you know, know anything about them? Several of them live, or the several of them's the stadiums are in London. Yeah. So it's like cross town. Yeah. Rivalries. Man, yeah. That would be so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That'd so be it'd, be, awesome. it's, it's, it'd be pretty special. That would be really cool. Uh, my last one, I'm going to mention. I have to mention it. I feel like Bears Packers. Come on. I I love it. Uh, now recently, I'm not going to lie. It uh, has not been in the Bears' favor, and I have to confess. Uh, I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I don't care for him. Uh, but he's not a Packer anymore, so he is he's a Jet. But I love, like, the tradition of Bears-Packers. I think the series is tied. Like, they're even on wins. Or the Packers are maybe, like, one above or something like that. Uh, but they've, they've played, like, as long as the NFL has been around. They play every year on Sunday night football, no matter how good or bad the Packers are good or bad the Bears are, and every year that is one Sunday night I, like, 
mark off. It's like, I am not doing anything. I'm sitting down. I'm watching Bears Packers. Uh, I'm ready to get hurt again, you know, ready to watch the Bears maybe get beat. But I think it's a good rivalry because, again, no matter how good or bad they are, it's always on, like, prime time. Just think I love the tradition behind it. Passionate fan bases, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, I think we'll start to see, thinking about more NFL, we'll we'll close it with this. Um, I think we'll start to see more rivalry in the AFC South with the Titans, especially coming off draft week, which maybe we'll do a recap on draft week next week. Um, But Will Levis in the the division, uh, Anthony Richardson in the division, C.J. Stroud in the division, and then uh, who am I missing? Jags, Trevor Lawrence in the division. Yeah, that is a stacked quarterback. Now, I again, I don't know what Will Levels will pan out to be, or Anthony Richardson, or C.J. Stroud. I don't know, but it sounds pretty stacked. It sounds. It sounds. Fun. He's got something yeah. to prove. He, yeah, they all do. It's going to be yeah. incredible. And Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is just like he's a guy. I'm going to start taking in fantasy now after last year. So I think that'll be year. pretty good. Really I think good it'll year. be pretty good. Um, rivalry coming up too uh even more than it's been colts titans you know it'll be it'll be more of these rookie quarterbacks kind of going after it so man rivalries are fun hey if you guys out there have any opinions y'all let us know if we missed any or something that you guys enjoy a rivalry that we uh maybe aren't familiar with maybe some nba stuff um what lakers celtics think that's a big one Um, it's worth mentioning worth a mention sure Um, and then other 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 sports out there, y'all y'all let us know. Uh, well, heck, man, this was fun, super super fun. Uh, I think we, uh, we we had an activity that we were thinking about doing. We'll we'll probably change it for next week. Um, but man, grateful for having you on here, Bo. This has been such a fun story. Just hearing you talk and learning from you, um, things that even I'm working on, <laughs> things that I need to learn. And, and Jay, we talked about it last week. <laughs> you know, we we need help in this uh, every day. So I'm always leaving encouraged. Uh, man, what a gift it's been to have you on here. Um, man, this is this has been fun. And 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 um, I'm 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 never gonna to to, to hold you down on it. Um, you got to hook Jane up with one of those hats. I got one, you. One of these days. Now I'll pay for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. I'll pay for it. Uh, but also need to take you to Jack Brown's and get you one of those burgers. I'm I'll buy those it. chips. Hey, Jay owes me lunch, burger. by the way. Jay owes me lunch, and he was not even going to mention it. Okay, so I'm talking about lunch. Jay owes me lunch. You guys out there are probably you know like, hey man, Jay owes you lunch. Jay owes you lunch, uh, and he does. And so maybe hey, we'll we'll go. I'll buy yours. Jay buys mine. Deal. Sounds good. <laughs> there we go. I do. The quarterbacks, what if it, if you didn't listen last week? I picked. I thought there would be four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Parker picked three. We bet lunch on it. Uh, no one drafted Will Levis in the top ten. I was feeling really good about quarterbacks at going one, three, and one, two, and four in the draft. Uh, thought I had a free lunch coming, but uh, but I don't. So either way, I'll go to Jack Brown's. I'm pumped. We tried to go the other day and and we weren't able to. Uh, but Bo, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, it was fun. Episode 13. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to call this one. Uh, I feel like maybe we have an easy name and Bo knows. I'm I sure. Know. I don't Absolutely. know. Never I'm heard sure, that before. I'm yeah. sure you've never heard that <laughs> one before. Uh, yeah, we're, we're running out of good names. Uh, but seriously, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, folks, y'all have fun. See ya.